today we did it we did it we qualified we qualified welcome to the boot it podcast the celebration podcast with your hosts matt crumb and jake lucas oh what a day what a month what, what a year, year. What, what, a, what a millennium what a, what a millennium what a, i don't know if we could say that there's what? a lot of a lot of downside to this millennium uh, there's been a lot of upsides yeah 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 we're on the upside part that's for sure yes we are the U.S. men's national team has qualified for the 2022 World Cup. Wow. It's official. Put it in writing. In fact, we've got a lot more to put in writing because we have our groups. But we are pouring champagne and celebrating this accomplishment for Burhalter and the boys. Yes. And not only that, we qualified for back-to-back World Cups. 2022 and 2026. That's right. That's right. Back-to-back World Cups. Amazing. Yes. Yes. And thus ends the era of, we think, very, very tough World Cup qualifying campaigns. We did it. We did it. Now we're just going to win Champions or Nations League. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing that matters, right? Nations League. Which we have updates on that as well. But yeah, that, that is the big story. We uh, went into the last window. Our, in fact, our last podcast was titled, Will We Qualify? Well, mm-hmm. we've answered that now. We got a tie, a win, and a loss. Yeah. And that's why we're here, Jake. Yeah, I guess they uh, they must have been listening to us because uh, we said they had to do business in the first two games, or we had to do business in the first two games to qualify because there was no way yeah. our legs could hold up, hold up in the third game. Yeah. There were people saying that we had to pack it in and play our second string, as you would call it, for that Mexico game. We said no. Barhalter listened to us. And he did it. And I'll, honestly, we should have come out with a win that game. Yeah, now we just need to put our players in bubbles until uh, November. Yes, yes, bubble wrap, please, 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 which we've also got updates on that, which is not fun. A certain former U.S. men's national team star son is still not doing well. Yes. But we'll get into that. So that, that is the agenda. We're going to just recap the, the window that got us into the World Cup. We're going to uh, recap the World Cup draw, which you never quite realize that happens right after the, the, the qualifying start, uh, stops, basically. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty quick. And, I mean, not all the teams have qualified either. So I think that normally happens after the playoff. That's right. And then it's seeded. But what they did was they added the, the teams that were still in like the playoff to the last pot. Yes. Yes, that's right. And so it was a weird one, the World Cup qualifying draw. Or sorry, the World Cup draw because there are a number of teams because of pandemic and now war reasons uh, that have not completed their World Cup qualifying campaigns, including teams like Costa Rica and New Zealand. And then uh, one of those to-be-determined teams are in our group, in fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still two matches to be played. Yeah, yeah. Two matches to decide who gets to be in the, the U.S.'s group, which is pretty crazy. Pretty yeah. crazy. If you, and those will happen in June, I believe? Yes, it does. Yes. If, you, if you think about it, it would be kind of... Not kind of. It would be very political if you had 
uh, the two teams from the or yeah two. What are they like? The UK are they countries within a United? They Kingdom? are. I think I I think they're countries. I mean, Scotland is certainly more independent than Wales is. So it's because Wales is actually so under then, like London's laws, where Scotland is not. So should should we look at it as like we're playing the same two country or two states from one country? Because I was looking yeah. at, it, I mean, you got very political with England or two teams possibly from the UK, Iran, and the United States. But it should be a fun group nonetheless. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll deep dive the groups in a second. But we'll, let's just dive into that last window. It's a little bit of old news by this time, but there's still, I think, a decent amount to talk about. We Like, like we said, we went on that Mexico game. We played the starters. I think, here's my, here's my take. I think this... Mexico US Azteca game was more of a indictment against Mexico than anything else. Boy did I boy did they look bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Hector Herrera and the mid and other midfielders like missing passes in their own half and passing it right to an American. Mm-hmm. I had never I had never seen something like that from a Mexico national team, especially in the Azteca. I was actually blown away about how hesitant and nervous and kind of bad Mexico looked. Uh, if not for, I thought, I thought Irving Lozano was pretty, was probably pretty good in, in that game. Uh, he was very active, got, a, got off a lot of shots. Very few of them, if any, were on target, but outside of, you know, some of the, some of the attacking talent that we know, mm-hmm. gosh, yeah, I think there were only like a few chances. Too. Like, I think the the only chances they really had were on the counter, mm-hmm. and it felt like it was a USA Mexico game that we've seen over the years. But the roles were flipped, where yes. Mexico was a little sloppy, like we normally are sloppy, but um, always trying to get on that uh, counter as well too. But uh, I think there was like towards the end too, Raúl Jiménez uh, when he went down in the box, I uh, started holding my chest for a second. I thought they were going to call that a penalty. Oh yeah. And so the big, the biggest chance I thought was actually one that fell to Tecatito, mm-hmm. where he, I think we, we, it was, it was a bad distribution, bad passing in the back. We gave it away. The ball rolled over to Tecatito in the box. All he had to do was take a very normal touch for him mm-hmm. and get a shot off, and he had a very, very good look. And his touch was terrible, mm-hmm. and we were able to smother it, but. That's on the Mexico side. On the U.S. side, you know, we again we played our starters. We generated some really good chances. I mean, the the best chance overall was probably the absolute sitter that Pfock had in the second half. Poor guy, man. Poor guy. That was that was his shot at absolute glory, oh. and. He missed it. He missed it. He missed it. Yeah, I wonder what the expected goal percentage was from that one. Um, yes, just that one alone. Yeah, but the other one I thought was even bigger was in the first half uh, with uh, Christian Pulisic. Yes. Uh, just trying to finish it instead of going like across. He went like right to uh, Ochoa instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we had our chances in that game. And, you know, I think Crosby over here is letting us know that he's also upset about that Mexico game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aren't and, uh, you, bud? I think I woke him up a little 
little too much when he was trying to take a, <laughs> fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. Trying to, trying to take a nap, and then I came over and kind of ruined that. Well, Kirby is, is napping at home, I can assure you that. Crosby, we will get to the points that you want us to get to in this podcast. Don't you worry. Yes. <laughs> He's looking at us quizzically. So uh, coming out of this Mexico game, which I thought I thought overall deserved a tie, which, as we know, in the Azteca is a win. The toughest thing that happened coming out of this was that DeAndre Yedlin got a yellow, disqualifying him for the next game. Tim Weah got a yellow, disqualifying him for the next game. Uh, Miles, Miles Robinson got a yellow, but I think he started against Panama, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it, he got the accumulation um, penalty there. But but as we said, we, we went with our A team. And thank goodness, going forward now to the home game against Panama, which was the all-important must-win game, and we did. We yes. took care of business. Yeah, that was a massive match, too. And I think VAR helped us out with uh, getting the penalty call, too. That was, yes. Uh, that was good. But even uh, just seeing, like, the clinic that um, like the U.S. was putting on in the first half, that was pretty pretty well to see that, like, Pulisic was finishing chances, creating chances. And then, like, the FC Dallas, uh, well, Team Contingent. America. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, Team FC Dallas right now. Um, Paul Ariola and Je- Jesus for right. uh, finishing a few goals for us, too. Yeah, Pulisic with the hat trick. I mean, what just for him, after the couple of years that he's had, like, you know, struggling for both club and country, to, to have a, a hat trick in the most important game. The two of them were penalties, but but still a hat trick. Hat trick is a hat trick. To, for him to have that in this game, I mean, just such a load off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you know, with Wea being out for this game, I think Paul Ariel was an excellent pick to start. He's just... He just gives you so much energy, and especially for a home game when you need all the energy that you can get. Brilliant move. And so Team America, FC Dallas, pulled through. But the, the interesting thing, I mentioned that Yedlin was out, and so that meant that both both De- or all three of Dest, Cannon, and Yedlin were not available for this all-important game. So our three best mm-hmm. right-backs. And so Greg Berhalter pull, pulled in Shaq Moore uh, to – fill in and and he performed Mm -hmm. and that's just a testament to his earlier contributions during the gold cup and continuation there with with Barhalter so it all worked out it all worked out in the end in that Panama game yeah and I think uh that my favorite play from uh like those first two games is uh Gia Reyna with his uh incredible run against Mexico yes almost resulting into a major chance too that's right. Yes, Gio Reyna gets on the field against Mexico late into the game and goes on an absolute winding, twisting, juking run from like probably our 35 or 40 yard line all the way up and through to almost the box. But it just it was just a reminder of the talent that he has. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he has he is now out for the season with Bruce with Borussia Dortmund after what was the hamstring again? Yeah, another injury. Oh boy! Like we said, break out the bubble wrap. Yes. But yeah, the the depth got us through. I think that's the story here. The depth got us through. So we took care of business against Panama, and 
So controversially, we unfurled the banner the players did after the Panama game when we were technically not yet qualified. Uh, but, you know, the players, players thought they were in their heads. They unfurled the banner that we qualified or whatever that said. Mm-hmm. After the Panama game, I, I was I was certainly not too happy about that. But uh, uh, I was not, especially going into the last match. You never know what's going to happen. And then uh, going down to Costa Rica, all we needed to do was not lose five or six nil. Five or six nil. Yeah. Yes. So what were you thinking about when you were watching that game? Well, going into it, I was like, "This is awesome. We now have momentum. Mm-hmm. We just we just tied and won two of the biggest games we've had in the past." four years, why not go down and finish the job, get a convincing win over what turned out to be a Costa Rican B team Mm -hmm. because they were protecting their yellow card accumulation for the intercontinental playoff in New Zealand because that's likely where they were headed unless they, like you said, beat us by six goals. Mm -hmm. And what happens, Jake? What happens is we get a little nervous and, uh, well, in the 51st uh, minute, uh, when Vargas goes and scores a goal, um, they uh, they were playing a few like young guys too, um, but I think it was like Contreras and Aguilera. Uh, they were like really, um, really solid. Uh, but it was kind of cool to like, not cool, but um, when they were playing, I kind of got a little nervous uh, when they scored that second goal with uh, 30 minutes left. You didn't know what was going to happen, especially with those tired legs. But yeah, uh, we did our job. We qualified. And now it's seeing how we can uh, try to escape the group. Yeah. You know, I, man, t- t- Jake got a very angry text message from me after this game. I was, I was angry because yeah. I thought we were going to go in there with confidence and, and beat Costa Rica in Costa Rica for the first time, you know, we, we started Tim Way, we started Christian Pulisic, that's two that's two Champions League players. We started T- Tyler Adams, there's a third. Yunus Musa, Valencia starter, you know, our, 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 our starting back line. And you're telling me we lost, again, what's the common theme here, Jake? We lost to an inferior opponent's B team on the last night of World Cup qualifying. Where have you heard that before? Well, we didn't qualify for the World Cup, but what happened this time? This time we did, thank yes. goodness. Yeah, I I was real, I was angry. I I thought we got stomped this game. I mean, and that and that kind of that kind of sums up the story of of the octopus mm-hmm. is that Costa Rica is on fire. Yeah, they they did not lose. I think they won three. They're 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 all three games in this qualifying window. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think they beat Mexico? Yeah, they they were undefeated in their last five. They won four out of their last five and drew one. Um, we knew there was going to be one team that was going to make that giant surge to uh, jump in. No, they beat Canada. Yeah. They we beat knew- Canada in their first game, then El Salvador, then us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we knew there was going to be one team making a huge push. I thought it was going to be Jamaica. Uh, but obviously, I was wrong. And the dinosaurs from Costa Rica I kept on pushing through. Dinosaurs, man. They, I, I am... I am thoroughly in awe of what they did down the stretch here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I thought we got stomped in this game, and it was against, like, essentially U23 team. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it. This guy, Aguilera, number 20 for them, I think he's 18 or something. He was Megan dudes. Yeah, he was confident and great. Megan dudes. Like, 
he look, made us look like a like an MLS reserve team. This guy, and so look, I hope I'm Costa Rica is is far and above my second favorite Concacaf team. Man, they are they're an unbelievable soccer nation mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Unbelievable soccer nation, and you had you had Kaylor Navas making saves. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, I mean, in the knockout too, I'll take Navas over anybody in uh, Concacaf, and maybe even in this. Uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah, that's definitely a stretch. Uh, I don't know. How many goalkeepers would you take over Kaylor Navas in an elimination game? In the world? Yeah, Neuer. I don't know if I would even take him. I would take probably Edward Mendy. Yeah. I'd maybe take uh, Ederson. I don't know. Ederson, I feel, always has like a mistake or two. Maybe Allison, then, the other Brazilian. Yeah. Which, which, how unfair is that? You have Man City and Liverpool's goalkeeper on the same national team. Oh, good thing we don't need to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, whatever. I got over my anger. I'm still actually not very happy, but... <laughs> So you but, did not get over No, no, because you know, yes, we scored a lot of goals against Panama, but, but I don't, I don't think anybody would tell you that we looked amazing, that we looked like the team that we want them to be under Burhalter with all these yeah. Champions League players. But do we want to look good, or do we want to win games? Both, but when you think about the top teams in the world, they are both. Sometimes. I mean, I mean Croatia didn't make the World Cup final last time playing sexy. Uh, I think they played sexier than France. No, they did not. That was France's big knock, is that they played actually very conservative. And that's actually England's big knock, which we'll get into. Yeah. I mean, when you have Luka Modric on the field, you have to play pretty pretty, uh, pretty soccer. I mean, he was the only one that was playing pretty. Everybody else was, like, defending, counter-defending. Yeah. Well, but I'm talking about the basics of possession where that we're still, you know, that we're still working on. So, I don't know. Anyways. All right, uh, one ne- maybe next game, maybe maybe these upcoming uh, Nations League and friendlies, maybe I'll you know get the get the kinks out of my mm-hmm. system. But anyways, we did it. Yeah, we, we did. did it. We qualified. The banner was unfurled officially. Yes. And we are going to Qatar. Going to Qatar. Well, we're we're not. Yeah, the national yeah. team is. You know what? So here's it, this World Cup really is crazy. Qatar is such a small nation. Doha is the only city in this entire nation. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the first time that the World Cup is going to be played in a single city. Yeah, and I mean it looks like a really cool city. I mean it's it's essentially brand new. Uh, I, I did I did some research on it, just kind of like Google Maps, and I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But it really is going to be crazy. Like, do they even have enough accommodations for people to stay? No, nah, they're building like hotels like really quick. That's it might be like Firefest. You never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, jeez, could you imagine? That'd be sad. Um, but yeah, it's like um, I think the there was comparison when the U.S. played in Brazil. They traveled over two thousand miles, but at this World Cup with their first four games, uh, they only have to travel maybe a hundred miles yeah. from venue to venue. And, that's, and you know what? That is pretty nice because yeah. it really will even the playing field. I mean, we're talking about a, a place where nobody's used to playing. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe the Iranian national team has some players playing guitar. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, they're still in like, the same uh, environment, Iran. 
You mean you mean with the mm-hmm. Iranian? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because it's a it's pretty much a border country. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, so the res- our results of qualifying got into the got us into the pot two. Yep. So could you could you explain how the pot system works for the listeners, Jake? Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna explain pot today. Pot. Welcome, yes. kids. This is the pot. <laughs> Drugs are bad. Um, <laughs> the pot podcast. This is the pot podcast. The pot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, they basically. They seed everybody by eight seeds. So uh, what they do is they in the pot one you have the best teams plus the home nation, which is Qatar. Mm-hmm. Um, so for like the top ones, you had Qatar, England, Argentina, France, Spain, Belgium, Brazil, and Portugal. Yeah. Um, so in pot number two, uh, you had the teams that were that are basically countries ten through sixteen. In the FIFA ranking. Yes. Yeah. So um, the next highest teams in the FIFA ranking. Right. Yes. So the third, top eight after that. Fourth, top eight after that. So just looking at the seeding, there really wasn't that like third, like that team in the pot three or four that could go and make a group of death. So like normally like we're that team, Mexico is that team, but since we were in pot two, we really couldn't do that. Um, so after that, they just started drawing, starting in pot one, then pot two, pot three, pot four. There's some crazy rules that you can't have so many European nations in one and you have to have two in some and it's just really weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got it. So the way we got Drew, uh, England is the number one seed. We're the number two seed. Iran is number three. And then the Euro playoff is the four seed. Yes. So essentially, so essentially the World Cup, so the FIFA rankings plays a large part into what pot you get put into. Yeah. And then... So Canada, for example, even though they... They topped the CONCACAF qualifying group. They ended up in pot three because of their FIFA rank. So that, that's very interesting. Um, whereas Mexico and U.S. ended up in pot two because of their, their FIFA rank. Yeah, they, might have, they were either three or four. They were, th- they were three. Was Morocco in four then? Uh, let me check that. World Cup qualifying pot. I thought they were pot three. Yeah, because I mean, they, their group is pretty difficult. Um, yes. If you're looking at a group of death, that one, uh, Mexico has a hard draw too. Oh no, you're right. We were they were in pot four, man. So they got. <laughs> they got talk about disrespect. Um, pot four. Yeah. So hey, you can make the case that, I mean, so pot four has Cameroon, Canada, Ecuador, and Ghana in it. Yeah. And three European, and actually no, one European team. So, yeah, and and so pot three has. Teams like Serbia, Japan, Poland, South Korea. And I, I feel like one of those are always surprise teams. Like one of the Asian teams always surprises, I feel like. so. Well, hopefully it's not Iran. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it is not that. Mm-hmm. All of this to tell you, we, we've kind of alluded to it already, but but go ahead and run down the U.S.'s official World, uh, World Cup group. Yeah, so the official group, we have England, Iran, the United States of America, and then the winner of the playoff, yes, with Wales, Ukraine, or Scotland. So we could technically play two countries that are within a country at this World Cup. Yes, yes. But the biggest and like probably the coolest thing we got going on is on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, we're playing England at two p.m. Yes. And so 
I am very excited for that game. Yeah. Everybody in the United States is not doing anything. And it should be a match that everybody is watching. And if we get a result against England and play really well, I think that could uh, could turn some eyeballs closer to soccer too. That's right. That's right. We, the the, agrees. the rivalry between England and U.S. continues. Yeah. And we were in their group in 2014 again as well. Uh, 2010. 2010. That's 20, what it was. 2010. And guess what happened? We won that group. We won that group. Yes. Because of because of a gaff. miracles. Yes, miracles and the, the big gaff by the England goalkeeper, where he let in. Basically, shot from like thirty yards out. That yeah, was, that was still a good shot. That was knuckling. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, uh, not everybody can be like a Tim Howard and make that save. Yeah, man, what a World Cup that was, two thousand ten. Yeah, that was. That was. God. Okay, so the England versus U.S. rivalry continues. This yeah. is this this is honestly the kind of the kind of thing that makes you think it's rigged, but <laughs> <laughs> because we've we've done that in the '96, our worst World Cup, we were with uh, Iran. We didn't win. We yes, lost we do have history with, with Iran. I mean, <laughs> politically and uh, World Cup wise. And yes. World Cup, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, as Jake mentioned, so Wales are through to the final playoff, but because of what's going on in Ukraine, Ukraine and Scotland will be have to play in June as the other semifinal, and then the winner of that will have to go to play against Wales for that final spot in the group. And that's going to be the group. So, Jake, of the three, Scotland, Ukraine, and Wales, which one would you like and which one would you not like? I would like Scotland because I think we'll get at least one point from them. The one I don't want is Wales because I think – David Jane or Daniel James and Gareth Bale can take over the game, and I'm more worried about those two than I am Scotland or Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, I would. I I kind of want Ukraine for a good reason and a bad reason. The good reason would be what a story. What a story if Ukraine was able to would be able to beat mm-hmm. after everything that's happened in that country, Scotland and Wales, and make it to the World Cup. Well, Ukraine's not too bad of a team. No, they, they are a pretty good team. The bad reason I want them to be because, oh my gosh, look at what's happening in Ukraine. How distracted would they be? A lot of their players play in Ukraine or Russia and have not been playing for a while. How many have been playing in uh, England, though? Uh, not. I'm looking at their latest. Isn't Zinchenko? Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, okay. So they have, looking at some of their key guys, they've got... They got a defender who plays for Everton, actually, a young yeah. guy. They've got a couple guys in like Belgium, Turkey. They've got yeah, Andre Yarmolenko plays for West Ham United. Zinchenko, we know, plays for Man City. Malinovsky, Atalanta. He's a very good uh, winger for Atalanta. So yeah, so they're they're spread out kind of across Europe, but they do have a, a decent core that play either in Ukraine or in Russia as well. So all I'm saying is there'd be a lot of disruption on that team. However, you know, what better way to bring a country together than, oh my gosh, our country's livelihood is at risk. So maybe we don't want them. But the reason (laughs) that I don't want Scotland is because I think they would play very ugly football. 
and that would and we and I would just love to with this young American team be able to play expansive football with toe to toe with everybody in this group. It's not because of Mel Gibson and Braveheart. Not because no no. no. You don't think there's gonna be anybody wearing like kilts and stuff like that? I would love if they would wear kilts. It'd be scary. Yeah, it would be. With like a battle axe. But war paint on their faces. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, I mean, they should do that for when they play England because, you know, it's England. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, I'm excited for this group. I think it's uh, probably the best one we could have asked for besides getting drawn with uh, Cutter. The thing that makes me more excited is if we win the group or make it out of the group, we go against Group A. So the teams that we would play in the round of 16 would be Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, or the Netherlands. Yes. And I think that would be fun and exciting to play any of those teams. Netherlands would be tough. Yeah, Netherlands would be, would I mean, be tough. Senegal would be... And Senegal, yeah, really yeah. Hard. Um, Ecuador would be, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's a knockout I mean, stage of the World Cup. Anybody's yeah. going to be tough. I, I would take any of those teams over, like, Argentina, Poland. And yeah. They, nah, I would... I'll play Mexico instead. What do you think is the group of death? I, I just don't think there's like too much of a group of death. Um, I have, I have. Some I just thoughts. feel like the top two. Like if I'm looking at Group A, that's probably maybe the group of death because you got like anybody to qualify from there. But Group B, I think it's us and England that are far superior in talent. Argent, like Group C, Argentina, Poland. Group D over Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. Is so much better than Mexico. Oh wow, that's that's a hot take. How is that so a hot Mexico, take? So Mexico, Mexico got into the group with Poland, Saudi Arabia, and Argentina. No, how how is that a hot take? You, I, we I don't know. Watched them the whole qualifying cycle. I know. I Poland know. Poland has an amazing goalie and the best goal scorer in the world, likely. Yeah. That's fine. That's so, fine. Yeah, they're they're through. They'll be fine, and then. Uh, you have France and Denmark that'll make it out of Group D. Yeah, probably. And then out of Group E, you have Spain and Germany. So I have Group E circled as an interesting group. So Group E is the is the group that Costa Rica is fighting to play for, which stinks for them because they have yeah. Spain and Germany waiting for them. And the other group and the other team is Japan. Japan is just the type of nation that will surprise you. They're not going to though. How do you know? Because you're going against a very disciplined Germany team, and then you're going against a possession Spanish team. A you Germany team not, that, mind you, not going to get results against a Germany teams. team that didn't even make it out of their group last World Cup. Yeah, that's great. And you know what happened the last time they didn't make it out of their group in 2014? They won the World Cup. They didn't make it out of a. Uh, yes, they won the World Cup in, in 2014. In 2010, did they make it out of their group? I don't, oh, think I don't they know. Did. I think they flamed out. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm saying I have that circle as an interesting group. The other one I have circled is so so, so Canada. Okay, so let's go through that. Yeah. Group E, those are going to be the two easily qualifying. Group F for me, you got Belgium and Croatia. This one I think might be the group oh. of death. Um, but if you look at Group G, Brazil and Swi like Switzerland, I think are above and beyond. Um, oh. And then Group H, you got Portugal and Uruguay, which are above and beyond the other two teams. Wow. So Group F. Disrespect. Me, group F. Disrespect. Group F to me is, the, I think, the best group and most exciting one. Uh, because because Belgium, who does it have? You haven't mentioned it yet. Because Belgium is going to win. And then Canada, like we said earlier. Canada. in the wrong spot. But Morocco is an amazing team, too. Morocco, So yes, those yes. are, like, you got those three. You got Croatia, like the World Cup finalists. Yeah. Or, like, 
final finalist. But yeah, I mean, like that one's really interesting. And I think if I'm looking at all of those, I would say Group F is the group of death because Canada can get through, Morocco can get through, Croatia. But if I'm looking at the other ones, there's very, very hard to say the top two won't make it out of those. Wow, um, a lot if, of disrespect. If not, barely like the third team could do it. But here, the fourth team, the fourth seed could do it, or the third team could easily do it. You have a lot of disrespect for African teams and for what are you Asian teams. About? You are you are throwing Ghana, Cameroon in the trash. You are Ghana, throwing Ghana, South, South Korea, Korea and Japan in the trash. Yeah. So who would? You mean Sun? Sun. That's it. Oh. I can say, oh, okay. Look, Uruguay right. has Cavani and Suarez. Oh my God, there's two good players that are better than Son. I personally think that actually Group H is the group of death because Portugal they had to play in a playoff to get to the World Cup in the in the beginning, so they're they're not always on their game. And then you have Ghana, one of the but most talented we, we African teams. We got to Uruguay and South Korea, who are both solid countries as well. I think I, I so actually groups E through H I am really interested in because like Serbia is not a pushover, Cameroon's pretty good. We've talked about group F. G and H are also very very good groups. I th- I think those are very very interesting. I mean, look, one of one of Morocco, Cameroon or Ghana are going to flame out, I'm sure. And one of Japan or South Korea is going to is going to flame out, I'm sure. But I don't know, man. Pretty good teams in those later groups in the draw, man. Pretty good teams. Anyways, anyways, we're not we're we're, we're venturing off of the of the boot it theme here. Matt, please tell me how great Ghana did in the African Cup of Nations. Or would you like me to tell you? Uh, sure, go ahead. And they tell got me. one point, one point in their group. Yeah, and they did not advance. How do they do in World Cup qualifying? It doesn't matter. Let's talk about a tournament that is very similar to the World Cup that they'll be in. They lost to Morocco, and they lost to Gambia. Gambin. Gambia. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then a country I don't think I've ever heard of. Comoros? Comoros, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did not make it out of the group. I know, I know. But they took care of business in qualifying. They have talent. We're talking about Thomas Partey. We're talking about Andre Ayu, Asamoa Gian. We're talking about the Ayu brothers. You know, we're talking about Daniel Amarty, Leicester City. We're talking about Gideon Mensa, Quato Asamoa, Christian Atsu. Like, we're talking Jeffrey Slup from uh, Crystal Palace. Like, this is not a pushover team. Yeah, but their qualifying is so much different than Jonathan Mensa, MLS's own. Pretty sure their qualify like Africa's qualifying is so much different. It yeah, it's 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 group play. It's just group. It's you're you're put in a group of. It's it's similar to the the European one. You're just put in a group of four teams, and if you win out of your group, you go into the playoffs. That's right. So who did they beat? Who did they beat in the playoffs? Actually, that's an interesting question. Yeah, so they beat Nigeria. Or, ah. They didn't even beat Nigeria. They drew Nigeria 0-0 and then went to the World Cup because... On away goals. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. they didn't even win their games to make it to the World Cup. And you're just saying how disrespectful I am 
They didn't, they didn't lose their games either, Jake. Okay, so they get three they points. They didn't lose their games They're either. They three points. And then what? <laughs> Uruguay, Portugal, or Korea, so you get four. Come on, Listen, man. listen. That's disrespectful I am, All I am saying is that That's disrespectful. Groups, groups E through uh, H, E, F, G, H, yeah, are, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can spell, uh, that they are, I think they're, I think they're difficult and more difficult than groups A through D. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they're more talented than groups A through D. I think group F and group G are difficult. I think the other ones are predictable. So if I'm looking right. at the group of death, I'm saying it's group F because you have Canada and Morocco in it. Because those are the teams that they're in. Yeah. The other That's some one. respect to our Canadian uh, Canadian yeah, neighbors I'm not, here. I'm not saying any disrespect to them, but Belgium and Croatia on our dip, they're on a different level. Yeah. Okay. All right. Croatia these days. They're the European Costa Rica. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They are. All right. Anyways, we're getting off track. So U.S. is group. So let's talk about England for a second. Mm-hmm. You feel you get this feeling that we're not afraid to face England. Why is that the feeling? What is it about England that does not strike fear into you? Or do they? They don't. Yes, and so why is that? Why is that? Explain this. Because you look at the Premier League, right? Yes. Everybody talks about how great the Premier League is. Mm-hmm. So how many of how many of these starters play? Yeah. Um, but how many of these, like, how many of England starters are regular starters for their team? Most. How many of them are being like very impactful? So, like when we look at Man City, Ryan Sterling a, or Jack Grealish, the most impactful player and key player on Man City. Well, Kevin De Bruyne, but okay, great. But it's not Raheem Sterling. It's not Jack it's, Grealish. It's not, but I'll put Phil Kyle Foden. Walker, Phil, Phil Foden. Phil Foden is over him, and that's the major threat from City, right? Yeah. What about United? Does Harry Maguire scream fear in you? No, but he might not be the. Uh, Starting center back. Who would be the starting center back? Well, I personally think Ben White has looked really good for Arsenal this mm-hmm. this season. I think you know why you know why they don't. This is this is my uh, forget about the players. I th- I think personally they're one of them. I think they're the top. They're top five talented team at the World Cup. Top five talent. Here's the thing: it's Gareth Southgate. He plays extremely conservative style football. Which got him to World Cup World Cup semifinal last time around. Uh, also got him to a Euro final. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's worked. So we, we should be scared because they've gotten results. But we just it's just so conservative. There's nothing that, that scares us. It, it, it feels like he doesn't use the talent at his hand, at his at his uh, fingertips mm-hmm. as much as he should. But let's look. Let's look at the latest England national team roster, and let's let's go back to your question. So you know, obviously you have Harry Kane, mm-hmm. who is very injury prone, actually. So who knows if we even see much of Harry Kane? You have I, I mentioned Ben White. You have guys like Tyrone Mings, who plays for Aston Villa, who's who's had really bad year. John Stones. John Stones. Harry Maguire is the center back. Reese James. Reese James, that's right. Reece Trent James. Alexander Arnold. Ben Chilwell. Yep. 
Declan Rice, who's had a very good year for West yeah. Ham United. I mean, Jude mid- Bellingham, who's been one of the standouts for Borussia Dortmund this year, actually. Yeah, the midfielders, I think, is their like, strongest suit. Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, we mentioned, Jack Grealish, Phil Foden, Ollie Watkins, Emil Smith-Rowe for Arsenal. Tammy Abraham. T- yeah, Tammy Abraham playing down from down in Roma. Uh, Calvin Phillips for Leeds United. He's been actually injured. Bukayo Saka, uh, Arsenal as well. Jaden Sancho. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> As an Everton fan, you just have to chuckle at that. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not going to yeah. snip the team at all. Um, I mean, it's a... But, it's a I, yeah, but I feel like... I feel there's going to be so much pressure on them. There is. Uh, there always gonna, is. It's England. Yeah, they're going to underestimate this game. And it's something that you could easily hit. And I think like if we stay compact and go for our chances, we can create like errors and press. If we press in the right spots... You can get pressure under, under these guys. Like Jordan Henderson normally loses the ball. He's not great under pr- pressure. Um, Harry Kane, like you're going to have Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson be very physical on him. Yeah. Um, Stones is mistake prone. Harry Maguire is mistake prone. Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Stones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reese James, like, Trent, like Alexander Arnold is a great attacker, but he always makes mistakes defending, and I think we can take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, I'm more concerned about like our number nine and keeper that could keep us in this game. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a, I think like, I don't know. I'm not like too scared of them. I think like I'm more worried about a compact, like Iran team, like beating us 2 nil than not getting a result against England. Yeah. Yeah. Conventional wisdom will tell you, you don't even need a result against England. You need to take care of business against Iran and against Whoever comes out of the of the European playoff, I mean that's what that's what conventional wisdom would tell you. However, I feel like these days where anything can happen in any game, you know, just just like we talked about with the with our last qualifying window, we did not expect nor did we think we needed a result out of the Azteca, but yet we got it. Yeah. So essentially, if we could recreate a little bit of what we did in this last window, um, you know, hopefully we don't have a two loss to the weakest team that we play. But uh, if we can do that, maybe that's our formula. I don't know. I mean, there's just so much, so much that could happen. It's it's the World Cup. Who knows? Who knows who who will even be there for us, for them? It, it's such a wide open question. Yeah, but the goal is to get four points, and the quicker you can do it, the easier. Yeah. So it's full what points. is the order that we play these games? We go Iran, England, and then the playoff team. Wow. So we want we need to win against Iran. That's or interesting. Iran. We get the win there. The England game, we should go full force and try to get the win there. And if we do that, we win the group. I actually like that lineup because there's absolutely no excuse to not go for it 100% in that first game. And that puts us in a really good mindset for the rest of the game. And as you mentioned. I, I, I lied. I, oh, I, I was so into that it's, schedule, Jay. Uh, no, we go... Well, I I don't know. You just swap Iran in uh, the European qualifier. Um, okay. Well, so that does make it more interesting. Actually, that's that's what I would not prefer. <laughs> but then again, I mean, having Iran. So say say we have a, a loss and a tie over those first two games. I mean, it, then it just really comes to you know beating right. Iran. But 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 then again, if we do have happen to get a win, 
I mean, our best World Cups are when we get the win first, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of time between then and now, but interesting to think through different scenarios. Yeah, England, oh man, it's just that, it's that England's, that soccer culture and the players that we all know and we watch every weekend, it's just such a familiar kind of thing. Yeah. That we're dealing with. That's why I don't want Brendan Aronson to go over there yet. Oh. Like play in Austria until after the World Cup and then join Leeds United in January. Well, why not go now and actually get familiar with the players that he's going to play against? But why would you want to show the cards against one of our like up-and-coming players that could be a surprise at the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Because all they're going to think about is Christian Pulisic. And then we're just going to hit him with Giorena if he's healthy. Um, Tyler Adams, who hopefully doesn't go to Arsenal yet. Um, and then uh, Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney, man. Weston so, McKinney. Get well soon, Weston McKinney. Yes. So let's let's uh, talk about in between now and then what's going to happen. So we've already had the Nations League draw, the most important draw that happened yes. over these past couple months. The infamous Nation Leagues where the United States is the defending champions. The cha- yes. Yes, yeah. we are actually a defending champion of something. Not just something, two things. Gold Cup oh, that's, and Nations Champions League. That's right. That's right. Or Nations League. Nations Champions League. Why do I say that? <laughs> well, we are the Nations Champions. So. We are. There we go. Yes. And so we got drawn with Grenada and El Salvador. Uh, I, To be honest, I mean, I thought we got the easiest draw. Of it all, I would have rather played. Let's be real. There's, there's no hard draw in that. Well, let's let's look at let's look at the other group. Uh, so Jamaica, Mexico, Suriname. I would have liked either Jamaica. I, I probably would have liked to play Jamaica. That would have been a good game to play. Costa Rica, Martinique, Panama. Getting Costa Rica or Panama would have been a nice thing to play. Canada, Curacao, and Honduras. Any one of those three would have been a nice game to play. So I guess I would have. I would have preferred like Honduras and Jamaica. Yeah, but I, I think El Salvador is a good matchup for us because they're going to sit low and. That's true. That is true. Try to break them down. That's true, and so yeah, we'll get we'll get what we get out of those games. You know, it's just they're 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 times to get going. Mm-hmm. However, what a more exciting development is is within the same window. I believe that we're going to play those two teams. Uh, they will. We will also be playing a friendly against Morocco. Yes, Morocco, and it's rumored to be Uruguay or the other one. That's right. That's right. So Uruguay is also rumored to have a friendly in, I guess, in June as well. And mm-hmm. so, looking to play four games over the summer so that we can play another two or three, two or three in September. Uh, do, do you think we're going to do like a, like that kickoff series? Or not, because it's going to be, we're going to run into the club situation again. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird year. It's a weird year all around for this World Cup. But. Yeah, but you know who's going to be peaking at that time? MLS players. <laughs> That's right. They'll be well into there. It'll be almost playoff time by no, September, yeah, right? They'll be done before the World Cup. Well, but before the World Cup, but by yeah. September, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's an interesting thing to talk about. It's the fact that this World Cup... So when when is the MLS Cup final this year? It's October. October. So there's actually a little bit of a gap, and for some players who don't make their the playoffs, could be a big gap mm-hmm. between 
MLS season ending and the World Cup starting. That's true. Do you think they'll do the whole loan thing? Some of the players will do the whole loan. Like, what if Ariola goes over to a championship side again? Why do that and try to risk your spot instead of... Well, it's to stay fresh. Well, it's not to stay fresh. The season, you keep going to the playoffs and you got, like, two weeks rest. Because, I mean, like, think about it. Like, normally in the World Cup, it starts in (laughs) mid-June. Right? Yeah. So the European season's over in late May. Yeah. And you have a four, five-week period. So that's what Major League Soccer is doing. I see. I see. Okay. Well, so say, say FC Dallas doesn't make the, the World Cup. Or, sorry, the World Cup. <laughs> I don't think they're going to make the World Cup. <laughs> they, they, have, they don't have a, lot, a good chance of that. Uh, they don't make the MLS playoffs. And so what yeah. the, their last game would be sometime in October yeah, or October, September. October 9th. October 9th? Yeah. Okay, so then now we're talking about only a month and a half. Yeah. But I mean, if we're looking at the teams right now, like the. You got Atlanta, LA, FC with. Miles Robinson. Kellen Acosta. Yeah, so Ma- Kellen Acosta is on LAFC. Yep. Yeah, Miles Robinson, Atlanta United. And then Nashville, Walker Zimmerman. Yep. Dallas, their whole team. <laughs> um, but you're, like, you're, if you're looking at those players, like the teams are going to be. The way they're playing right now and probably carrying over and Seattle, uh, they're all going to be playoffs. Seattle teams. with yeah Jordan Morris. I think the leading candidates and Christian Roldan, Sebastian. So there's Sebastian. Yeah. So if we go through the leading candidates to actually be on the World Cup roster, mm-hmm. they are on some pretty good teams. But it's MLS. You never know. I mean, yeah. we'll see. Paul Ariola was on DC United last year and they didn't make the playoffs. So. That is, it's it's a crazy, crazy world. But yeah, so I just wonder, you wonder how they're going to manage that little gap period because for the European players, it'll be more natural. Man, it's, it's going to be, the club The club season next year is going to be so weird, too. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, a Premier League game going on as the World Cup is going on? But they're not. They're, they're not. But, like, theoretically, they could because... I bet you most EPL teams would be able to field a a roster and play with World Cup going on. I mean, that'd be that'd be so weird if that happened. Yeah, you know who could be playing Serie A because Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup. That's right, Serie A. Think about man. Think about that. They're not in the World Cup, and they have a very well-known domestic league. And wow. Wow. Just, just wow. Well, Jake, we talked about Ghana earlier, and I just thought back to when that magical, magical day when two, not even a minute into the game, Clint Dempsey takes it from the left, left-hand left side, weaves in, and fires a shot Slides past. to go 1-0 up against Ghana in a World Cup. Boy, do I want to see that again. And that uh, that will end our World Cup celebration. Yeah, and on that note, we'll say deuces. deuces.